0: ...outlined how accounting... Practices what? Did not what, what the fuck? What?
1: What kind of likeness is that? If they were great artists, they'll be in a museum.
2: I'm fucking fodder for cartoonists, now. cartoonists now.
3: gutter boys episode 81 gutter boys is a small press comics podcast about the uh high uh, the ins and the outs the highs and the very deep lows <laughs> of making comics i am your host cam
2: <laughs> with Almost. my co-host jb yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah
3: <laughs> we're getting there uh today on the show we have uh we're getting there andrea bell chicago based cartoonist illustrator uh andrea has been a friend of ours for God, you longer than me but i've known andrea since i first started doing shows in like 2015 2016 um tremendous uh cartoonist we talk kind of all over the place in a good way though yeah we talking why crazy you know how we are um no but it was a good interview um <laughs> We actually had a, you know, pretty good uh, range of topics to cover, but I also feel like we didn't really cover a lot of stuff about Andrea as well, so we'll have to get them back on the Patreon at some point in time.
4: Yeah. All right, so for news this week, uh, obviously, the uh, the biggest convention that isn't about comics happened last weekend. San Diego Comic-Con is back after a th- three-year hiatus. Was it really that it long? Is. Yeah, I think so. Wow, okay, okay. Because, uh, yeah, I mean, San Diego. Yeah. Um all those immigrants, you know, they're spreading diseases constantly. <laughs> the monkeypox. Uh, yeah, exactly. The gay immigrants. Yeah. <laughs> uh San Diego obviously not really known for comic books even though they claim that that's, you know, the, the word comic is in the name, but in title only. Right. Uh there were a handful of reveals. Nothing really worth talking about to be honest, especially I would say to the, you know, type of listener we have. Uh if you want to hear about i don't know how many new movie trailers and tv show disney plus reveals were out go to i don't know um what's like a really shitty website that people can go to what like
3: our favorite uh bleeding cool.com bleeding
4: cool <laughs> yeah uh yeah one of those gizmodo what, whatever gizmodo like that. Uh, uh kotaku otaku Kotaku, <laughs> yeah um <laughs> uh yeah i wasn't really paying a whole lot of attention to be honest i will say
3: that phase four of the marvel movies it's like bro like i'm sure that i'm gonna be pleasantly not pleasantly i'm sure i'm gonna be surprised uh that these things do well but i'm like man who wants to see this shit like they are bottom of the barrel scraping
4: yeah i don't know i don't know and i don't care yeah uh, ignorance just, is bliss yeah. um i cannot see uh i cannot hear uh, all is fine. The one thing that is, I guess, semi-relevant to comics that happened also at San Diego was uh, the, the Will Eisner's Awards, which we're going to cover in depth uh, on our Patreon next Monday with uh,
3: Gleb Melnikov and uh, Daniel Irizarry. Yes. Uh, So if you want our Eisner's opinions, as well as, you know, those two knuckleheads, uh, subscribe at uh, gutterboys.top or patreon.com forward slash gutterboys. Word on the street, there are some Mexflintayo fans calling for Ramon to be out and Gleb to be in. So, Mm. um, you know, that's what we're going to be trying to push. Uh, This is going to be a new pilot for Mexflintayo on our Patreon, and we're going to discuss the Eisners for the first episode. Uh, JB and I are just going to... Really, just uh, just try to get Ramon out of there. That's our main goal.
4: Yeah, it's been like a four year op, mm-hmm. and uh, we're finally—it's finally happening, guys. We we did it. Yeah, mission accomplished. We got him. Uh, yeah. So about the Eisners, just real quick—if you thought James Tinian was insufferable, now uh, just just you wait—they gave that motherfucker recognition twice. Yeah.
2: Um, so I do want to say
3: he split for like best ongoing series. Um, he split the award with another book from Image called Bitterroot, and I just gotta say, like the Eisner Committee or whatever the fuck you know, whoever those people are. Actually, I guess we vote on them as people in the industry. But like, how in the fuck I didn't do vote you have a tie. <laughs> well, no, but I mean, like that's you know who votes in this or like comics professionals. Yeah, yeah. And it's uh, but no, I didn't vote this year. Um, <laughs> uh, I did last yeah. year and a couple of years before that. But um, yeah, I just they split an award and they were like, oh, there's actually two best ongoing series and both suck. I mean, of course, but <laughs> yeah, yeah. I just don't understand, like, <laughs> how do you give the award to two people? I just don't get it. I don't get it.
4: Yeah, I don't. I mean, I, it's just because it doesn't matter. Literally does not matter. Yeah, it's true. It's just a prestige thing. Nobody fucking cares, really. Nobody takes this award seriously. Uh, it's like one step above the brick, which is saying something. It's just
3: got more glitz and glamour. It's the brick and a limousine.
4: Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's more history behind it. Yeah. Yeah. Named after a, a racist cartoonist. No,
3: I like Will Eisner's yeah. stuff, but he has some questionable stuff too.
4: Oh, yeah. I love, uh, I love all those uh, original Eisners that we saw when we went to uh, Columbus. Some real bangers there. Some real Comtown bits mm-hmm. done mm-hmm. in drawing form. Very, very funny. Yeah. Uh, anyway. Uh, Yeah, so that's it for news. Very short, brief. Uh, Like I said, I didn't really pay attention to San Diego. The only thing I was paying attention to was all the toy shit, and I don't think you guys really want to hear about that. So (laughs) uh, let's get into shout outs. There's only one shout out this week that we really wanted to cover, and that is from uh, our boy from the 305 in Miami, South Florida. Represent. We got Jairo Lantigua. He uh, sent over copies of Free to be Tough, Mm -hmm. his newest comic, self-published. Uh, and this one is really, really wild. Uh, Hiro is up in his game once again. He was going all out. Yeah, if, if you like down and dirty, weirdo, fucking small press comics, you know, hit up Hiro. Go to his Instagram, at uh, Sonny Daymare, I believe it is. Right. Is that right? D-A-Y-M-A-R-E. Yes, yeah. yes, 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 yes. And you can pick up a copy from his uh, shop, I believe, still. Uh, but yeah, Hiro is, uh, bringing the heat again and, uh, it is, it is a riot. It's a good time. W- what about you? what do you think?
3: Um, I just haven't had a chance to read it yet. So just cut that. Damn. Don't
4: ask me about okay.
2: It
4: yeah. No, okay. No. Well, Cam didn't read it. So, uh, <laughs> <laughs> this is actually one of the few times where I was the one that actually read the thing we got in and, and Cam didn't. It's not a diss. I've just uh, been trying to finish some shit up. It's usually the other way around is what I'm saying. Yeah, it's yeah, usually yeah, yeah. Not Cam is the Hira one that's read everything and book. I'm and I'm just like I don't know which one is that. What is this about? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> ha 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 ha. You know. And so, it the tables have turned. I just want the listeners to appreciate that. Mm-hmm. That's all. Mm-hmm. JB's the one about the comics this week. Yeah, on the real comic head this week, yeah. baby. Yeah, that's it. That's really about it. Uh the interview goes for a little over an hour, so we figured let's keep the intro short this week. I'm sure we'll have more news in two weeks time. I don't know. Honestly, like who's listening to this specifically for news? I know there's like one guy there that does, but that's the exception, right? Like, I don't think most people are listening to this being like, oh, I got to know what the hot scoops are for this weekend in the biz. If you're doing that with Gutter Boys, I, I hate to break it to you. Uh, maybe you should, uh, I don't know, go to uh, what's like an industry comic pod where like a bunch of fanboys talk about what they've been jacking off to that week? Uh, Gutter boys. Oh, okay, that's true. Yeah, uh. Well, I mean, <laughs> ja- jacking off to that's like not something you would normally jack off to. Yeah.
3: No. Uh. Yeah. Sometimes you know people like it when we riff, but yeah, if, if we're your news source, man, um, that's like you know we're like the Fox News of comics. <laughs> news uh not I'd say we're,
4: we're more like turning point you yeah. know
3: gut whatever just like the fuck
4: ba- is. not even news just <laughs> clearly clearly just propaganda uh-huh. from degenerate minds that's all it is yeah and we can be bought so uh shout out to turning point they uh uh my buddy uh uh justin who writes He's a he's an actual journalist, not like these fucking uh, ghouls that write like op eds about how uh, you know actually healthcare is a, a, a millennial thing that we don't need anymore, mm. you know shit like that or. How I manage eight jobs in the gig economy. And actually it's epic, you know, like shit like that. Like he's an actual journalist and he's, uh, he was covering, Mm -hmm. uh, the recent turning point, I don't know, convention. I don't know what the fuck they were doing, but it was held in Tampa. And, uh, wouldn't you know it? Guess who showed up at the turning point event? It was a bunch of Nazis, (laughs) like legit. Not even, we're not even like throwing the Nazi word Mm -hmm. around just casually. I'm talking like, no, no, no. These people were wearing swastikas carrying swastika flags (laughs) to go and support turning point and it's so funny watching you know all of these attendees at the turning point event being like oh wait no this you're not supposed to say the quiet part loud you know like getting really anxious about it it's so funny uh yeah so uh shout out to justin for having to go through hell and cover that shit yeah uh that's pretty much it though and oh actually real quick if you have not been on the patreon before if you're not a subscriber Now is a good time to start because, one, we're changing up some things, right, uh, with our reward tiers. We're going to be changing the physical tier. Uh, You're going to be getting uh, a quarterly book now, and it's going to be anywhere between 36 to 40 pages. Uh, It's going to be... Color
3: is hopefully the plan right now. Yeah, yeah. And uh, the plan is to have more... It's going to be a magazine. It's not going to necessarily be all comic content there might be some toy content some wrestling content some interviews uh some music content but JB and I are going to collaborate on a quarterly magazine instead of having to crank something out monthly uh that just feels like it's phoning it in also it was kind of just taking a toll now that quote-unquote real life is coming back and you know I gotta work and whatnot so uh yeah it's gonna come out four times a year uh the first issue if you subscribe on um August 1st so the way this is going to work is you have to subscribe to the $10 tier for three months and then you get your quarterly zine as well as, uh, you know,
4: the episodes. Right, which leads to the other change that's happening. All bonus Patreon episodes exclusive to patrons are going to be ad-free moving forward, so no ads, just so, so more bullshit for your buck. You know, yeah, uh, you
3: don't have to, you don't have to fast forward six six minutes, yeah, yeah, so anymore,
4: yeah, so you can just fast forward through all of it now because it's just gonna yes. be uh our psyop to make sure that uh mex flantayo it's now the the Dio Irizati show
3: mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. which
4: uh you know is just part of the trend of all we of need these, to get that uh, shot of NorCal. All the podcasts that are happening right now, all the podcasts from, you know, uh, the last seven or eight years, they're all, they're all changing it up, because uh, the times, they are changing, and uh, yeah, and maybe we'll be one of those that change. Who knows? Maybe this'll be the Cam Del Rosario show in like, uh, you know, two years. Who knows?
3: I hope not, man. But uh, you know what? Uh, yeah, subscribe to our Patreon so that doesn't happen. Uh, <laughs> Patreon.com forward slash Gutterboys or Gutterboys.top. And, uh, yeah, I guess that's all for this episode. On the uh, back half after the break, we'll be back with uh, Andrea Bell.
1: Yeah, so stay tuned. We'll be right back. What do a pair of deadly assassins, a beefy pile of roided up high school football players, a zombie out huge dragons and a himbo barbarian have in common. You can find them all in the upcoming pages of the Santos sisters. That's right. Ambar and Alana are back for more gripping adventures. Once again, Offset Press printed in full color on your favorite decadent newsprint. Prestigious publication. The Comics Journal. Love the first issue.
2: Calling it off entertaining comic
1: and katie and sally from the thick lines podcast called it a masterpiece and more than they deserve and who are we to disagree the santos sisters is available now don't miss out ask your favorite comic book retailer to add it to your pull list today or find it online at santosisters.com. Athenium Comic
4: Art is an original art website for some of the best cartoonists in the business. They currently represent Remy Boydell, Marie Capelle France, Nicole Gu, Jonathan Hill, Emma Hunsinger, Casey Nowak, Micah Song, and Tilly Walden. Athenium Comic Art gives fans the opportunity to own original piece of art from their favorite comics and support the artists that they love. In their short time in business, they've already shipped many iconic pages out to hardcore fans across the globe. Don't miss out on your chance to own a -a one-of-a-kind piece of history. Check out their website, AtheniumComicArt.com, and type in Guttergang at checkout to receive free shipping on your first order. Again, the website is AtheniumComicArt.com, and the code is Guttergang loves underground comics everybody loves underground comics and if you know people who don't love underground comics and only read the mainstream comics immediately report them to your local comic book store and find them with copies of clusterfucks comics clusterfucks comics is a black and white underground anthology comic scene featuring some of the best underground comics creators today creators like Cameron Zavala Eric Jacek Brian Judge Miguel Aguilar Adam Yeater Jason Cavelli Umberto Tonella Anna Peterson Tony De Pasquale druby hall and so many more issues one through four are available now with the fifth issue debuting in early 2023 purchase your copies today at clusterfuckscomics.bigcartel.com and that's comics with an x clusterfucks comics comics you can clusterfucks with
1: Morning, Gary. Morning, Mary Ann. Need a menu? Nah, I'll just have the usual. You sure do love your eggs and coffee, Gary. Best way to start your morning, Mary Ann. Well, that and an issue of Town & County. What's that? Town & County is a new comic series written and drawn by cartoonist Alex Nall. He's that guy that wrote them books about teaching and that Mr. Rogers feller. Oh, he was such a nice man. The first issue is 36 pages of black and white comic stories with beautiful color covers and features six stories about folks in our little township here in Illinois. Like Susie Barber, the house cleaner that uncovers her clients' dirty laundry, if you know what I mean. And Stanley Pepper, that big feller that just lost his job and took to drinking every night at Bugs' Tavern. Well, ain't that something? Town and County is published by Ivy Terrace Press, headquartered in Chicago. Chicago? Who would want to live there? So dirty. Each issue comes with a copy of The Hometown Hero, our little town's newsletter, and it's only $8. $8? Where can I get it, Gary? You can order a copy of Town and County on the internet at storenv slash alexnallcomics. Whoops. Oh. There's your breakfast, Gary. Thanks, Mary Ann. Ah, nothing like a cup of coffee and a good comic book.
4: The Last Aviatrix is a post-nuclear adventure comic by independent Los Angeles-based cartoonist Buster Cagle. The story follows Summer, our last aviatrix, who pilots the sole surviving airplane, a nuclear-powered B-29. As she travels the ruined world, finding ways to survive and help humanity, while dealing with the eminent threat of the Atomborn, a rare breed of atomic wizards that want to see her out of the sky, her mission becomes complicated when she accidentally picks up Henry, an Atomborn child who wields incredible power, and Clementine, a berserker on a quest for vengeance. Can our aviatrix survive this ruined and irradiated way Land? Every issue can be read for free on bustercaglecom slash comics. Paper copies can be ordered as well, but, you know, you can still read it for free. If you like Wizards or Warplanes, go check it out.
3: Hey, Gutter Gang. Cam here to tell you about Soggy Landing again, longtime supporter of the podcast. They recently sent us printed copies of the first three chapters to review, and are currently posting chapter four online with updates on Instagram. And while I personally haven't seen any of chapter four since I don't read web comics, I can tell you the first three chapters are really fun to read and full of weed-smoking wizards and hijinks. They've also been contributors to Rust Belt Review, issues three and four, with some soggy side stories, so make sure to check those out too. You can read Soggy Landing over on Study Group Comics and over on Instagram at Ian Densford or at welcome underscore two underscore soggy underscore landing soggy landing hell yeah dude
1: now back to our program
4: We're back from the break, and we are joined with our uh, friend from Chicago, Illinois, uh, Andrea Harvest. Andrea, how are you doing?
0: <laughs> I'm good. I've never been. I feel like that's my new Christian name now, Andrea Harvest. I <laughs> 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 like it.
4: <laughs> uh, folks probably know her as Andrea Bell, but uh, she's uh, she's a busybody. She's been working on books left and right, I feel like, for the last, God, it's been like four years, maybe more. That you've been just kind of like nonstop working on stuff. Yeah, you've had like one big one a year. I feel like so
0: it feels like that for sure. I'm glad it looks like that on the outside too.
4: <laughs> yeah. So, uh, what have you been working on lately? Because I know you have a new book in the works.
0: Yeah. Um, okay. So,
4: and if you're not allowed to talk about too much, I understand. I know those <laughs>
0: contracts can be pretty those specific. Things. I yeah. think I think the things that I'm working on have been announced, so I think it's chill. Okay. Um yeah I'm actually I'm going to be I'm starting two books at once <laughs> right now.
2: Mm, oh shit. Um
0: I'm doing a book with Meredith McLaren with Algonquin for young readers called Crumble and I'm also doing a book with Harper Alley with Karina Evans which is called Millie in the Mansion. So it wasn't like always lined up perfectly where I get to do both at the exact same time, but I actually kind of like it. It staggered a little bit. And I think the last year I've been doing more coloring work, which I also love a lot, um, like coloring other people's uh, graphic novels. Uh, it's kind of nice to get back into my own work.
3: Okay. So were you coloring stuff like as like kind of just like a gig for a while, just to kind of fall back on?
0: It's... I'm trying to think... They, I mean, I I, I do think it like almost makes up like just as much income, I think, as some of the other books that I've been working on. There's, right. It's always like so-and-so might need you like last minute or, you know, like, can you come on and do Color art this entire graphic novel? So it, it's come in both waves where I get sought out like, hey, the timeline's really tight. I'm like, cool, let's go. I got oh, yeah. a list of like... Netflix shows I need to catch up on <laughs> <laughs> or you know like a little bit more planning and I I don't know I coloring's my favorite part of the process mm-hmm. so I um yeah it it's a nice like I guess it is like the side gig, but <laughs> like it's not totally like me front facing with my creative uh, completely.
3: What's well, a cool fucking like thing to do when you're not working on your own stuff? I mean, because you're pretty much always working on comics or some kind of art, which, you know, what more can you ask for in this like, you know, thing we do?
0: Yeah, yeah. I'm very fortunate. Yeah. Yeah. And like I said, it uses a different part of the brain. So I'm able to kind of digest shows, which I don't know, maybe that's rotting my brain more than I should let it. But it like it, I it get to flex a different creative muscle and then kind of multitask in different ways.
4: Yeah. See, like, I don't, I don't think I've ever known that, that you actually like the coloring process the most.
0: Oh yeah. I like your colors coloring, are nice though. That's thank you. Coloring was <laughs> <laughs> well, I like I I just coloring was that thing that I thought I was so bad at. Uh, yeah, in art school that I was like I gotta get better, and then I just kind of just I don't know found artists who had palettes that I really adored. I'm like, well, I'll just try this person's palette on this new drawing that I did, and. So part of me is like, thank you for noticing my colors look nice. But also part of me, imposter syndrome is like, I feel like a fake and I borrowed this palette from someone. <laughs>
3: <laughs> did you do anything besides like, you know, just like being like, oh, I like this. Like, did you look into any kind of like color theory or anything like that?
0: No, I. I <laughs> That's cool. No, yeah, I, just, you know, I was
3: just curious. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I feel like that would be the professor answer to give, but. I honestly, I just have a Pinterest board with illustrations with palettes that I really like and I'll, you know, I'll go through and add more to it or like I, I'm I'm constantly like screenshotting things on my phone, like a boomer too. I'm j- just like saving colors and stuff that I like. So I guess more of a expedition, uh, avenue to finding color combinations. Sick. Yeah.
4: I, I think the last time I even talked to you about like process was um probably like three years ago and i feel like uh at that time you were like you said struggling with coloring you found it to be very kind of difficult frustrating and you were really working through it so it i you know clearly that worked out because you know as we watched your work grow over the last couple of years it, it does seem like you're becoming more confident with with your coloring
0: Oh my gosh, that's that's like all I want to hear from you guys, like like my <laughs> peers. <laughs> I'm I'm such i pe- I'm such a people pleaser. So like, just I don't know, hearing like other comic creators being like, "Hey, I noticed this thing that you improved on." I'm like, "Oh my gosh, <laughs> yeah." I don't. I guess it's just that you know, taking something and like really focusing on it for a hundred plus pages. Like you're inevitably going to either find that like rhythm (laughs) into like what works for you or, you know, just find, find some sort of formula in your brain. Yeah, this might be a tangent, but I was talking with another artist recently. And do you guys have like, (laughs) do you have rules when you're drawing like, like either via comic or just like illustration of like, Okay, so this is a three fourths angle of this person. So I'm going to draw the head shape like a little wonkier, or I don't. I'm I'm trying to describe this better. But do you have like personal rules that you set for yourself while you're drawing? Um,
4: Okay, I'll let you go first. Not really,
3: outside (laughs) of like, um, you know, like oh, I've got to sit here for like six hours because if I don't, I'm not going to get anything done. So it's really Mm -hmm. just scheduling rules. But no, I mean. Maybe there's some like unspoken rules that I subconsciously, you know, do that I haven't articulated or
4: can't find a way to do. But um, no, not really.
0: Hmm. Okay. JB?
4: Well, I personally do make rules for myself, uh, depending on the project. And Mm -hmm. uh, it'll be like little things. There's some things that I picked up from animators uh, in terms of like people that do storyboarding and stuff. I don't even know if I'm allowed to talk about this, but uh, well, basically I had access to some, uh, I guess you could say like industry standard type documents and they basically outline, here are the things that we expect, yada, yada, yada. Uh Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, one of the simplest things that I learned from that is actually stuff that they pulled from, uh, like, early animation from, like, the 20s, in that, you know, you want to frame, there are, like, certain rules that you want to follow when you're framing things, uh, just so that things are clear and as simple as possible to read to the audience. I yeah. got you. So, I do have yeah. one rule that I follow, let me, uh, <laughs> and it's Pete Fakey taught
3: me, uh, once per page, you get a, you get a whole body shot. Uh, so you yes, can put the exactly. characters in perspective. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So yes, I do have a rule. Sorry. Go ahead, JP. Yeah. <laughs> but when you all you all start describing it, I was like, oh, okay. Yes. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
4: Yeah. So that that is one of the rules I also follow. It depending yeah. like I mean obviously there are exceptions to these rules. Uh huh. But for the most part, you want to try and put one full figure on a page, right, at least yeah, yeah. one, at least one panel, uh, just to have an, a better understanding of scale and whatnot. Hmm. Mm-hmm. And uh, in terms of like framing and character, you know, figure placement, you know, uh, there's like certain rules that I try to adhere to. And, you know, I've, I've broken this rule a couple times, too. So I'm not like the best at following these rules that I make for myself. But, uh, you know, you want to not get fancy when it's completely unnecessary and actually muddies how the reader experiences the comic. Mm. So, for example, I've noticed a lot of people will do these overhead shots at an angle and so you're kind of looking at an angle towards the ground, right? And there's mm-hmm. a, a, some minor force perspective from that. And that only works in like very specific situations. But I see people use it kind of arbitrarily because they want to just fill the panel up with stuff, which I understand. <laughs> but <Yeah. laughs> but but sometimes it's completely unnecessary, right? Like sometimes that doesn't even in terms of like reading it as a, as a person experiencing that comic, it doesn't really make any sense. Like you're, you're muddying information that doesn't really need to be there. And you're yeah. also showing stuff that doesn't need to be shown in the first place. You
2: know? Yeah.
0: Like, I, that's always like, you know, first pass on thumbnails and going back and like resizing, cutting, whatever. I'm like, do I really need to show this like weird corner that I just spent, you know, maybe too long doodling But yeah, I think that's, yeah, that's a really good example for this sort of intangible thing I'm trying to describe. Yeah, yeah. Like, because I feel like it comes out in my coloring a lot too, where I'm like, oh, I can't use this yellow because this yellow means this. And it's not even, it's not like a, like this stack of documents I got from Secret Society of Comics Makers. It's just like in my, in my brain, like some sort of rule that I've put up. For myself, and sometimes I love it, and sometimes <laughs> I'm like Andy, just break loose, like have fun. I am having fun, but <laughs>
4: <laughs> no, but yeah, I know what you're saying. You you want to have some amount of consistency and in internal logic going on.
0: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
4: That that definitely makes sense. I think another one I remember picking up from uh, Alex Thoth, uh, where he talked about putting as little information on the page that also provides the most information simultaneously, like basically being very economical with certain things.
0: We'd say it again. I'm sorry. Yeah, so
4: he always (laughs) talked about this sort of economy of line. Basically, he only puts as much line work or information on the page as necessary in order to get certain things across clearly and legibly to the reader.
0: Mm, Yeah, okay.
4: You know, so like, if there's harsh lighting in, in a particular panel, you don't need to draw the entire figure and every detail, clasp and wrinkle. It's unnecessary. So you can just black out certain portions, you know, be almost gestural in certain elements and not have to be like over rendering everything.
0: Yeah. Hmm. I mean, plus is like the love of the game for comics too. You're gonna go nutso if you're trying to render out right. you know, three hundred pages of something or you know, however long it is. Right. Yeah. Like forty. Yeah. So it's like finding that balance too. That's such a good point.
4: Yeah, there's um. I feel like there's a lot of. I, we've talked about this before, probably, but I feel like there's definitely this desire by, uh, you know, people in comics to kind of lean into the the Jeff Darrow approach to making comics, where like they need to put as many lines on the page as possible, and if there are more lines on the page, then that means it's better. Yeah, it's good. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. Right, like it, it's good because Couldn't I could be me. 30 hours on one panel because look at all those lines. But then, you know, when you're reading. It's impressive,
3: but beyond that, you know.
4: Right. Yeah. I mean, sucking your own dick is impressive too, but it's just like (laughs) what, you you know, it's like, it's kind of unnecessary. It's confusing.
0: Unless it's ironic. Yeah. (laughs) true. It's always like, I don't know. I like, I'm sure we'll talk about it, but whenever I talk with my students, I'm like, Okay, why did you do this? And then, you know, they might be like, Oh, well, I saw this one artist, or like, I really wanted to like render out all the details here. I'm like, Yeah, but like, what if you didn't? Or, (laughs) (laughs) or like, like, Oh, I'm like, Oh, so it's not ironic. And they're like, What? (laughs) What did you mean by that? (laughs) I don't know. Because like, it could really go both ways. I feel as long as you can walk me through it, then I'm more or less, pretty chill about your overall comic, but <laughs> I'm overall probably a pretty easygoing teacher. I'd like to think.
4: <laughs> well, that's actually a very good segue uh, into something that I wanted to ask you about because this this is like a whole part of your life I'm completely foreign to, right? Right. Like I did. Yeah.
2: Same. <laughs> so
4: your teaching gig, right? Let's talk a, a little bit about that. How'd you get into it? Uh, how has it been going? Is it something that you see yourself continue doing? And if not you know, why, et cetera.
0: Yeah. I, yeah, it's been like, okay, well, I guess I'll answer the last question first. <laughs> <laughs> um, I have put a pause on teaching for the moment because surprise, surprise, collegial teaching takes a lot of time and is, you know, it, it's like I had, I had such a respect for professors and teachers beforehand. And now I'm like, holy shit. Like, why doesn't every school have a union? Like, (laughs) oh, my like, just being injected into the, the, you know, the system of academia. I'm like, oh, God. Yeah. (laughs) So like, and that's, I don't think that's a specific thing to where I was teaching or am teaching. I'm still on the payroll, whatever. Uh, But it's like, I think it's a bigger conversation to have. But so I'm putting a pause on it for some like personal reasons i'm like thinking through like how i feel about certain things uh and then also as i mentioned earlier thumbnailing two books at a time like
2: it's yeah just,
0: and then like you know the other like the coloring inks and everything it's just i i kind of i definitely kind of seems reasonable it. yeah yeah okay
2: <laughs> <laughs> what are you some kind of weakling what is that
0: a dear diary <laughs> kind
2: of simple <laughs> simpleton
0: <laughs> i was i was validated today and <laughs> uh yeah i just i definitely i mean it's funny that you guys said earlier they're like oh i feel like you've been pumping out books i had but last year you know i was kind of in a weird i was like trying to work on my own pitches and i just one like a year ago got a email in my inbox from Ivan Brunetti, who is like head of illustration at a Columbia College, Chicago, which is where I went to school. And he's like, Hey, ever think about teaching? And I was like, couldn't be me. Like, Never, (laughs) never thought about that before. And he's like, well, I hope you consider it. uh, Like, here's some more info. And I talked to like a a lot of people about it and literally told myself, I'm going to give myself the old college try. (laughs) So you know, went through, I'm like, if I'm going to do this, like, this is the kind of teacher I want to be. And like, when I reconcile with that, like, did the interview process. Um, One of my teachers was one of the people interviewing me. So that was funny. And then I started, I've only I've only taught two classes. So I started last fall, and I taught an intro to illustration. And then this past spring 2020, I taught a graphic novel class. So it has really like opened my eyes a lot to, (laughs) I mean, not only like my personal experience going to that school and like seeing behind the curtain a little bit, but yeah, I like feel like I, I don't, it's really nice to like get to know younger artists, if that makes any sort of sense, just to like hear what they're concerned about, what they're thinking about, like where they want to go with their career, if they want a career in it, like why are they at this school? So it's been Pretty, pretty eye opening for sure.
3: See, that's really nice because the young artists that we know, Jasper and Nate, they just get on my damn nerves. Um, <laughs> <so>. <laughs> I
0: mean, yeah, yeah, no, <laughs> yeah, no. yeah. I mean, it's just it's, and I, I should, you know, I don't. If people are listening to this 20 years in the future, no, I mean, this is during a pandemic. So, my first class I taught with mass and in a classroom, I might be projecting okay on this podcast, but in person, like, I don't really, I can't project very far. So, that was like a whole, like, man, this is going to take a lot of extrovert energy of me to be up on a quote unquote stage for four hours. And then my graphic novel class was. online class which I was like oh this is perfect like I do so many Zoom meetings and like this will be fine no 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 students they don't turn the cameras on (laughs) so it's just talking (laughs) into a talking into a void for four hours but they were they were chill too they're nice like I try to get them to interact in the chat like press one if you like have a I don't know (laughs) like what do you think about this comic press one if you like it (laughs) Mm -hmm. ones in the chat
3: So did you get to like <laughs> develop your uh, lesson plan? Or was it something that was kind of handed to you that you got to tweak? What was that experience like?
0: That's a great question. I definitely thought it would be more of like, here's how we've always done an intro to illustration class. Here's how we've done a graphic novel class. I had a yeah, I had to like, really seek out people's syllabus syllabi uh, to see how they've done it. Like it wasn't just There wasn't like a lot of info just handed to me, which I thought was interesting. And you know, like, better or worse, like they hire you for your sort of vision on things. So that made sense for me to develop it. But also someone who had mainly come from like a lecture or workshop background, I hadn't really done any classroom time, per se. That was a little like, a little daunting. But I yeah, for the graphic novel one, I more or less took... On Smith, he was my graphic novel teacher at Columbia. So I more or less took his syllabus, which was Ivor Bonetti's syllabus that he had. And I kind of interjected more of like, I, I kept like the each lesson more or less the same with like autobiocomic or like, you know, this this is going to be a comic about a memory, things like that. And then try to inject some more... I guess, like current work that I had been liking that kind of falls into those categories. Um, so if I were to teach that class, again, I would definitely try to seek out like contemporary uh, pieces to put in there. Yeah. But what was the other part of that I was gonna say? Oh, and then yeah, like I guess the, the part that I think the biggest parts that I did change for the graphic novel class was that I did a few weeks on like self publishing, and then also like a traditional publishing route, because I have some experience on both sides of it, because, you know, they're students, so they, they, they might come into a graphic novel class and be like, I love, you know, The Walking Dead, <laughs> or like, they have like one sort of image of what being a graphic novel artist could look like. So I, I really did try to like show them the more self publishing side of things if they were interested in that.
3: So you just teed it up perfectly where I wanted to go (laughs) just because, you know, when I met you, you were, um, you know, self-publishing your own stuff. And then now, you know, you've got book deals with multiple companies and you're kind of everywhere. So, I mean, in the grand scheme of things, you know. You've made it as far as, you know, uh, comics. So you have seen both sides of that, though. Do you feel like, you know, I just kind of want you to kind of talk about like, you know, the advantages in your experience, like one versus the other. And then any advice you have, you know, for the listeners as far as like taking their work from self-publishing and getting it to the companies, whether that's through pitching and, you know, kind of your journey on how you went from one to the other.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And I like I, I do often like whenever I do a lecture come and if like someone asked me for advice, I'm very clear and like this was my particular journey, and it might be a lot of like similar stories to some of my contemporaries. But there's so many avenues into comics and like quote unquote, you know, being a full time comic artist, whatever that looks like for you. But yeah, I kind of, I guess to like give a full recap of it, I switched gears my last year at Columbia into focusing more on self publishing and comics definitely thought i was gonna go into animation <laughs> like character design i don't know that was like the only thing i really thought i could be good at so made a shift and you know went to cake and like discovered what Quimby's was and like chicago con like just finding all these local friends who were in the scene and i was like oh i i like these people i like creating my own work so that was definitely my like baby steps into self publishing and like getting I would be like, Oh, I want to do this cool show that I saw so and so at so I would just try to like apply and, you know, make the books for the, the show, like having that be my deadline. And I guess I just kept going and like kept self publishing, which is a lot of fun, especially if you're working like, I was working retail and like customer service throughout a lot of like my self publishing days. So that was just a huge, like, I'm off the clock, like I'm just gonna draw all night, like bye guys, or, you know, meeting up with your friends and like hanging out their house and drawing all night, just very, a <laughs> lot of fond memories of it. But yeah, I, I guess I just I kind of kept going. And I was uh, a part of like a small press called Yeti Press, they published my first like 3040 page book wrote, rose from the dead. So that was kind of my intro into like TCAF and some more shows, I could just, you know, do like an hour or something at their table and have my book with me. Yeah, I kept going. Uh, (laughs) And I guess, somehow, I mean, this is also my story on like, why you need a business card, like old (laughs) lady being like, have a business card. I the reason I got the leak was because I had met three different people from First Second at three different shows. I think it was like TCAF, C2E2, and maybe like Van Calf or something. It was like back to back weekends sometime in 2018. And I did like all of them picked up my card. And when it came time when they had a script from Kate Reed Petty, the writer, they're like, Oh, should we hit up Andrea to see what she wants to do with some test pages. So yeah, they all had my card. And knew where to find me. So that I mean that's definitely like my transition into traditional publishing. But it is it's interesting because I do adore the I, I'm a person who really loves a routine. Like I know I don't have to wake up and like start work at nine or anything, but I like having an a cutoff time for work. Right. So I can focus on other things or, you know, work on a personal project. So traditional publishing, to me feels like, oh, because other people are depending on the work I do it, you know, the deadlines feel, you know, real, (laughs) as opposed to like me just self publishing something. I mean, it goes back to why I was using uh, shows, like conventions and stuff as my deadline. I'm like, they're expecting this book, I need to have it. (laughs) So like, yeah, the traditional route, definitely, it helps me kind of stay on track with just drawing and like finding a page count that I can feasibly do in a day, and you know, there's like a bit more stability in the sense of like you more you know when your money is coming in. Like, yeah, it's a bit uh, spread out, but you know, and it, there's there's plenty I could say about publishing and like how all there's a bunch of different contracts and how how they work out. A lot a lot to say about that, but it's for me, it's nice that like okay. As soon as I finish this, like this part of the contract's released, and then I move on to the next step. It's very, it's very much like a a machine, or I guess like a job, (laughs) in a sense. And I do like working for myself, I didn't really thrive with having a manager. So that's why I think like a traditional sphere makes sense for me where I'm still working for me on my time, but people are expecting things of me. And I think I work well with the team. So yeah, it's just, um, yeah, I don't know. But then the the other side of it too, is uh, I don't have a lot of time for my own work. And it's a a funny beast where you do kind of have to be always crafting up these pitches to hopefully like send out so you get other work to work on. And that balance, I don't think I've found yet to, you know, sign off on, this one job that I'm working on and then go log on and work on my personal work that may or may not lead to anything.
4: Mm-hmm. So the bulk of the work that you've been doing, uh, over the last few years for publishers, that's all like hard erotica, right?
0: <laughs> the hardest. Yeah. Well, that's a great segue. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I wish Um, it's yeah, it's, it's middle grade. But that's, that's funny, because I haven't even touched on like that part of my whole spiel. I just went on of like, I feel like when I was self publishing, it was just me and I didn't have to assign an audience to something like I wasn't thinking commercially about my work, which is, I hate doing that. Uh, but when it comes to traditional stuff, they're like, wow, you have such a commercial style or like really like you're you got a great middle grade style. I'm like, okay, <laughs> like it's a nice compliment. But I'm also like, what does that mean?
3: <laughs> Do you interpret it as like backhanded or something like
2: that?
0: I shouldn't. I know. That's the <laughs> well, way it's no, no, that's no, that's the okay. Way it, I just just to kind of get your perspective on it. Yeah, that's the way it came <laughs> off. That's the way it came off. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but no, it's like, I don't know, it's Yeah, the one hand I should be like, cool, this, you know, this seems viable. I don't know. Like it just it's a weird, for me, it's like never a way I would describe a friend's artwork commercial. (laughs) So I don't know, like, I get what they're trying to say. I think they're really trying to gas me up. And they're coming from, you know, a different world than me. But I would like, and and I don't know. We'll talk later about it. Or I like the people that I love the most are like super scribbly and just like getting out an emotion in their art, or like it just feels so effortlessly, or like just beautiful. And when I when I get told like, oh, this looks, you know, like commercial, or like this looks, um, I don't know. It's just, it's weird to assign an age onto artwork. But maybe I'm alone in that because I'm looking at one way in and out of a situation. I don't know.
4: (laughs) No, I gotcha. So, Andy, you mentioned earlier that you are uh, pretty much born and raised in and around the Chicago land area.
0: Yes. I grew up in a place called Lake in the Hills. I lived on top of a hill next to a lake.
4: Is that all one word or no?
0: You could space it out. Some people call it Lith. L I T H. Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> but yeah, born and raised Illinois, ready to spread my wings, but happy for the the time I've spent here.
4: <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, to be fair, you could do far worse in the Midwest. I feel.
0: Yeah, far worse than Illinois too. But, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, born and raised. I can't remember. Was there a part two to that question? No, there's, <laughs> there is now. Yeah. Yeah. Oh.
4: <laughs> <laughs> so,
3: um, you know, co- uh, the comic scene in Chicago is like very fertile, uh, always has been through, you know, the years. It's always been a really nice place as far as, you know, the work coming out of that city in that area. Um, what was your exposure to comics? You know, how did you was it manga? Were you you know, what were you reading growing up and, you know, how did you. What was your journey to get into, hey, I want to make these and pursue higher education about making them?
0: Yeah, I definitely a roundabout way, but it all started one summer in 2001. I don't My cousin came from Georgia. He was much older than me. who was like 10 at the time or whatever with like a suitcase full of manga. And I had never seen it before. And of course there was like, you know, some of the more like clant clantily whatever about it uh not hentai porn. but maybe, maybe hentai. Is <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah probably but there was a lot that was not but that was definitely my first intro into like a comic that wasn't a superhero comic, and it was like about just you know a girl going to school, falling in love, eating toast, like <laughs> just like like kind of more of this like mundane feeling, and then obviously like the magical part of it. But I was I was really struck by um, trying to remember particular titles. I remember really loving Love Hina, even though that's a little could be a little risque, but like also into anime, the Tenchi Muyo, Inuyasha, Yuu Yu Hakusho. Oh man, Trigun. Just all the stuff that I could like <laughs> secretly watch on Adult Swim without my parents knowing. Some yeah, I guess yeah. It, uh,
4: some real yeah. weeb shit. Yeah.
0: I know. No, here, you want to hear the weeb shit? Yes. You, yeah. Okay. So, side side note to that is so my mom saw the hentai and like the dirty manga and was like, <laughs> no, you will not. Like, she she did kick my cousin out of the house. Like, he she put, <laughs> oh, a, she fuck. put him. She put him up in a hotel. Oh, man, it was traumatic. It's like, a 10-year-old, and, like, his sister was with me and my brother. And we're, like, looking at the white pages, like, calling all the hotels, like, is Ryan there?
2: Oh, (laughs) man. Trying to find him.
0: Um, But I think such a (laughs) – he's okay. He's okay. Everyone's
4: fine. Everybody's cool now, yeah.
0: (laughs) Everyone's chill. (laughs) But, I mean – The
4: hentai is fine. Don't worry, guys.
0: Yeah, all the hentai went with him. It's good. (laughs) But like, you know, it, so from then on, my mom was just like, no, like no anime, no manga. And I it honestly ruined it. Cause I before she was like, Oh, I like that you're reading. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> and then after she like looked at them, kicked them out, whatever, she was like, No, none of this. And so I had to like on field trips where we went to the mall, I would like buy like Pulukuri uh, manga or like like, yeah. like Rama one half and like sneak those. And then I would like so I snuck them in my room. And then like I was saying with Adult Swim, I like <laughs> I asked my dad to buy me VHS tapes, blank ones, because I had a, VC- a VCR attached to my TV, and so I would record all the anime. And then I would draw like the little covers for them, <laughs> and then hide them in this like thing under my bed. Oh man! So like. Yeah, some like serious bootleg <laughs> stuff happening. And I, it would be so like, I, would, I was just so terrified of like what she would do if she caught me. So I would, if I like heard her coming down the hallway, I'd like turn the TV off because it would still record if you turn the TV off and like pretend like I was sleeping. And then <laughs> she walked <Yeah>. away. <laughs> but, <laughs> but like, honestly, yeah. So alongside that, I was also making my own like fan thick comics of stuff that i won't go into the details of but i like come on i i I still have some maybe i'll send you guys some photos yeah (laughs) yeah, there you go yeah Yeah. i have yeah i have a couple um (laughs) yeah and i I was like making them backwards like reading from what right to left i was like (laughs) doing it all backwards which i honestly still think is a something ingrained in me when i make comics is that i'm like orientating it like a different reading direction and i need to like readjust my brain i'm like oh yeah no we open it from this way but i think it's just because that's when i started making comics i was making them manga style Mm. um (laughs) but yeah i started making my own little fan comics and like original stories Fun fact the reason why my name online is Andy Harvest is because I was a mega Harvest Moon fan and that was okay. my moniker my moniker for my fan art and my fanfics <laughs> um, online. I, I think I
4: actually knew that.
0: So, yeah, yeah, I just kind of stuck around.
4: <laughs> you
3: play Stardew Valley now.
0: Yeah, I have it and it's because I'm, you know, a purist, but okay. I think I'll go. <laughs> I'll, I'll, <laughs> no, but it, it, it's, it's. It, it sounds really good. It sounds really good, and I've been kind of craving some sort of like simulation game. So
3: okay, it's uh, it's a, worth it's worth fifteen dollars. No. <laughs> it's uh, I haven't I only played Harvest Moon on like PS one. Um, so that's my oh, only point of reference. Solid. Uh, Back yeah, to Mineral yeah Town? very solid. Yeah,
0: right. Yeah. Um, <laughs>
3: but I, I do love Stardew Valley. There's room for both in my house. So
0: yeah, yeah. I I can handle it. It's it'll happen in time. Hell yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I guess like. I don't know, like, I I guess maybe I'm kind of curious what you guys think. Because for me, there was always this, I wasn't necessarily like, oh, I'm gonna be a comic artist. I was like, I just really like to draw out my stories. And I always thought they were more like storyboards for video games I wanted to make, because mm-hmm. I was more into like, yeah, I guess playing, playing certain games with my brother. And I don't know, we like would make, I guess, make the fan fiction or like make Different stories spawning off of whatever games we were playing. So it wasn't really until, I don't know, I kind of like, I veered away from art for a while. I was more in, I was a band kid in high school, so I was kind of focusing on my oboe and kind of thought I was going to go to school for psychology. And then I, last minute was like, I guess I'll go to Columbia. And then my dad's like, how are you going to make money? I'm like, uh, I'll do advertising. And then I went to school, I went to Columbia and did like a year in the marketing side of things. I was like, this is dumb. I'm gonna illustrate now. And like I said, thought I was gonna do animation because I don't know, in my head, I'm like, Oh, maybe I can still work on video games this way. And then, yeah, it wasn't until I really like met my professors that were in the comic sphere in in Chicago that I was like, oh, I didn't know about this. Like, yeah, I I have always loved comics or like sequential imaging and, you know, storytelling that way. So, yeah, shout out, shout out to the great ones in the (laughs) at Columbia who was like, hey, cartooning comics. Have you tried it?
2: (laughs) Hell yeah.
3: (laughs) So do you think you're a lifer at this point?
0: I mean, I think there will always be a place in my heart that will do comics. I, I mean, I've like dabbled in other like little things, I think, for to make money, I suppose. But like, I mean, the way, okay, the way I sa- said that sounds like I have an OnlyFans, which is great. <laughs> I I don't, I don't, but, and I support those who do. But I meant like, I've done like social media or like marketing or like customer service for Creative brands, so yeah. I think I don't know. I honestly, have, I've always just been in this realm of like, I like doing this thing. I like getting better at this thing. I'm gonna keep doing it until it's not an option. So yeah, I think that's just kind of the road I'm on right now.
4: Hell yeah, till the wheels fall off.
0: Yeah, <laughs> yeah, <sighs> seriously.
4: <laughs> uh, do you see yourself moving in a different direction in terms of like I don't know, like how you approach uh, not just I guess stylistically, but also like thematically and and whatnot. Because I, I remember early on your work, it wasn't like super grim or anything, right? But it wasn't. It definitely wouldn't fit in middle grade in a lot of ways.
0: Not commercial. Not <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm always playing with style. Like personally, I don't <laughs> I don't like put it out a lot, a lot, but yeah, I would love to just be more laxy with, with, with my style and like, do more, you know, I guess, like, was it adult or like contemporary work, like, even even the sort of the the stories I'm working on writing right now, like, in my head, they're not really middle grade, but like, maybe could work if my, if so and so is trying to, you know, buy it from me or whatever. But yeah, I that's, that's the that's the problem with, that's the problem with me. No, I, I just need to, like, like also prioritize the play time. Do you, like, does that make sense of, like, yeah, sure, like, we all have work that we're doing, but I want to also give myself time to play with new brushes or, like, paint or, you know, try ceramics out. And I think I've been not so great about that in the last few years.
2: Hmm. Continue. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
0: um, yeah, I don't know, like... I like where my work has gotten to, but I, it is interesting that like every time I get a new tool, like an iPad or like upgrade, I don't know, a brush or something, like I, I always feel a shift in my style or like a sharp, a sharpening of some tools, but then getting a little lazy on other things. Mm. So. Like I love my iPad, but like I think I need to maybe only do like panels in my iPad and like then maybe ink traditionally or like well oh, okay, no, maybe not ink traditionally. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like maybe go maybe go back to like a different tool. I know yeah, she yeah. she regretted it immediately <laughs> after she said that.
4: Well, that she, actually <laughs> that leads me into a question I wanted to ask. I know within the last four, maybe five years, you switched over purely to working on the iPad.
0: I I still use both, but like the iPad...
4: Your pages are almost I, always done on your iPad though, right? Mm, no?
0: I'm trying to think. I mean, I got I got my iPad like in 2020, so the leak wasn't done on it at all.
4: Oh shit, okay.
0: Yeah, but like I... But then the, the book I did after was like a, a maker comic that one, everything was done on iPad except color. Color, okay. I always color, I always do in Photoshop on my Wacom because right. I cannot wrap my head around how people color quickly and on Procreate. Like I, I don't, I, I just, I don't know. I'm used to Photoshop, so I think that's why it works better for me.
4: Well, I guess uh, let me rephrase it then. Do you ever have a, a real desire to, you know, work more on on paper again? Now yes, that
0: all can- the time. Yes, <laughs> absolutely. Sorry, I didn't mean to like attack you with my words, wow. but <laughs> I like that's it. right, JB. You heard
4: it here first, yeah. folks.
0: Andrea's vicious. <laughs> she, she <laughs>
4: She's going for the jugular. I'm just asking questions, guys. That's all I'm doing. <laughs> uh, no, I, I well, because I, you know, we've brought up that it, it is nice to work on paper, sheerly because then you have original pages to sell at the end right.
0: of the day. Right. Yeah. And you still you you both think traditionally or
4: No. I, I'm digital now. Yeah, no. I I don't uh I'm trying to think but pff, the last comic I did on paper was probably god 2018, 2019. Yeah. yeah, around Okay. There. So it's, been yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so it's been a I while, yeah. So I get
3: your need to want to do. I mean, I've said it on uh, previous episodes where it's like, man, I just maybe I should start inking traditionally and penciling digitally or something, you know, just to have that tangible item. But um yeah, I, I haven't actually gone through with it. Yet.
0: <laughs> right? It's a you nice almost, idea. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> great on paper, literally. Mm-hmm. um <laughs> But yeah, it just it almost it does seem a bit scary too. I feel like because there are so few moments where I can really put my head above water (laughs) and like not feel stressed about time, which yay comics. Um, But and I love it. But yeah, there's so few moments where you can you might have like a week where something isn't due or something, you know, doesn't need your immediate attention that you can really figure out a different process. Maybe I'm projecting. But (laughs) I just yeah, I feel like with comics it's such a, a labor of like figuring out a consistent and efficient way to get your artwork done over a you know, year or however long you're working on it, that the idea of like even taking a day to workshop something, I'm like, oh God, like I need that day. <laughs>
4: Yeah, yeah no, that that makes sense, especially considering uh, you know when you're working with big. I'm speaking to the listener, not you. I I, I <laughs> just waiting for somebody to be like, listen to the fucking asshole uh, host of podcast M- mansplain publishing to a uh, woman. Uh, no, I. That's what we. That's what you do. That's all we do on this show, actually. But <laughs> and anyway, we tr- we tried to mix it up on this episode, uh, but I. I would imagine that because, you know, you're working with these, you know, huge massive publishers, they do stick to a very strict regimented schedule and any like hiccups that might happen could be like detrimental to to you or to someone else down the the chain of whatever, you know, people having to do their jobs.
0: Yeah, it really depends on the publisher. Like I and thankfully a lot of the folks I've done you know books with are very understanding like if anything comes up they're like of course like let's work on this you know they they find a solution together but there's a few smaller like anthology things or you mm-hmm. know just like probably a tighter team who also like you're saying have people they're trying to get work to and pushing it you know down the pipeline so right and i like like i saw I'm a people pleaser <laughs> so <laughs> yeah. i always like to yeah. get things done when the, when i give myself a a weird premature deadline (laughs) but yeah it's it can be can be a lot sometimes yeah
4: yeah with juggling all these projects simultaneously I guess have you ever run into an instance where you did have to like contact the editor or someone at the publisher and be like look this isn't going to happen on you know this expected time frame or whatever
0: yeah definitely I did that with the leak Mm, I'm okay. very sure. And that was, I before the leak I had done, my longest comic was Fair Voyage, which is a little over 100 pages, but I, I did chunks of that. Like I yeah. was able to, yeah, and I was doing it for shows, but the leak is 240 <sighs> pages. And I, you know, it was yeah. it's my first sort of project like that. And I was <laughs> figuring out, okay, the style with, you know, all the stuff we've been talking about this whole, episode. And yeah, I think it was, I think, yeah, it it was, it it was all kosher until I got down to color. And I, I think I asked for like a three week extension or a month extension or something. And, you know, it was like, I think I asked for two because I, I, the first one I asked for definitely was not enough time. (laughs) And I quit, I quickly realized that because yeah, I also, you know. It's it's a learning experience right. for me. Yeah,
2: yeah.
0: <laughs> and um, yeah, so I, they were. I mean, first second is lovely. Uh, everyone I've been in contact with there is always very um, understanding. And yeah, the editor was like, yeah, this is what we can do to work with this. Like, how does this sound? I'm like, this is great because you know, on their side, like this is not their first rodeo and like not their first artist who's coming being like, I need time. Right. <laughs> so. Yeah, I've definitely done that before. And then I, I've like a project I was working on earlier this year. I think I asked for maybe like, I think it was less than a week. I asked for less than a week more time. And it was something where like, I didn't think it was a big thing because I had sent something and didn't really get the approval or feedback on it. It was something where like, I thought they were still kind of sipping on it, ruminating on it. So when the deadline for the final was coming up, I'm like, oh, like, is it okay if I get like a few more days on this? And it, it was definitely like, a okay, um, when do you think you could get this done by? Like, it was a bit more strict in the wording. And I was like, oh, uh, <laughs> uh, as soon as you want. <laughs> no. yeah. uh, but like, you know, every, every place is different. And that's definitely just one thing I try to have one going into an email or receiving an email from an editor whomever I'm like I have no idea what's in their inbox right now and like I would if however they reply to me I will not take it personal because this is uh this is comics baby
4: right (laughs) hell yeah uh yeah, so quickly before we get into questions, let's talk about influences, I guess. I know you mentioned a bunch of manga being, yeah. you know, sort of like that early development into, you know, your interest in comics. Have there been any other like particular books or creators, artists, writers, whatever that you kind of were drawn to and, you know, informed, you know, <laughs> how you fucking do this thing?
0: Yeah, I like I always stress out about this question. So I wrote myself a little list to remember. (laughs) (laughs) I I know it's so weird.
4: That that sounds like something you would do.
0: (laughs) Lol, lol. But like anytime I listen to interviews y'all do, they're like so effortlessly like, oh, I like they just like know this. I'm like, how do you just know the people you're inspired by? But maybe I'm the weird one. yeah so I guess a lot of a lot of manga and such as a kid, but and okay, yeah, imagine I'm looking at my note right now. Don't yell at me <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah a lot of a lot of manga growing up, and then I think once I got into college, I definitely was that girl that really loved uh Scott Pilgrim and Brian Lee O'Malley. Mm. that was kind of like my another kind of opening eye opening experience of like, oh, okay, so like a comic can look this way and it's young adults, Like, interesting. Because, you know, he he developed more of that, like, roundy, cute kind of style. So definitely made an impact on me. And then I was, and this is, embarrassing to say now because we are buddies but i was such a big zach gorman like fan (laughs) and i like he was definitely some of the some of his work i would look at his color palettes too and be like okay i'm gonna try that out so a lot of my like late college work definitely looks like poor man zach gorman (laughs) ripoffs, but that's okay because we all have a journey. Um, True. And well. yeah, I I think another like big one was this. Maybe you guys know it. There's this uh, Hannah K with Piao put out a book called Third Wheel. And yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember. I'm yeah, but like I found Hannah K. I think through Brian Leo Malley's Tumblr back in the day, and I was like. Oh, interesting. I just like another sort of like, I really like how this person draws figures and characters. And then saw she was putting out the book with Piao. And then literally like love all of their books. <laughs> and like how they book design and put it all together. So it, it's funny because like, I will always come back to some of these that I'm listing off and maybe not be directly inspired like visually by them, but just remembering where I was in in my own like art journey, art career Mm -hmm. and like finding this book, I'm like, Oh yeah. Like think about how far you've come or I don't know. (laughs) It's just, you know, all of our styles are changing, evolving. So for, I think that's why the inspiration question is always harder for me to answer because one, it's like, sure. There's things that like propelled me when I was younger to like do more comics, but I don't really think there's any artifacts of that in my work still, but I could, you know, I'm probably too close to it so I'm not sure.
4: Yeah, no, that's fair. I think um whenever I talk about influences, I don't really see those in in my work either. So, you know. Yeah. It's hard to say.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Maybe, I mean, like Suyo Ghibli stuff was like a big inspiration too. So I feel like I get some of that when people look at my work and then people will be like, oh, this looks like Steven's Universe, a, th- a show I've not watched at all. But I'm like, oh, that's <laughs> interesting to me because that makes me think that like maybe some of the inspirations I was looking at were inspired or also inspiring like Rebecca Sugar, right. in, you know, creating Steven's Universe. So I don't know. Inspiration conversations. Interesting. But <laughs> yeah, I, uh, has to be asked, right? <laughs>
4: it does. Yeah. It's yeah, like, yeah. uh, it's That's one of the best cool. go-to to kill time on the show. I found. <laughs> Uh, quickly oh, though, yeah. quickly, you did mention Studio Ghibli. You did work on a project, um, a little bit ago, uh, I that did. I thought was very interesting. You want to talk about that?
0: Sure. Yeah. I was contacted by the... Oh, I always mess up the words. I was contacted by the Museum of Motion Pictures. I think that's... Or the Academy Museum of Motion Pictures. Nice. That thing. Um, they had a exhibit with Miyazaki's, like some original sketchbooks and work that he did for his movies. And it was beautiful. On the exterior of the exhibit, they had these really large print canvas prints of uh, stills from his movies with this really cool sort of greenery moss stuff growing out. And they asked me to recreate (laughs) the movie stills for these canvas prints because, um, and as I I like to call myself the official vector artist for Studio Ghibli, (laughs) because they they didn't have any like large format images. Which is crazy. Yeah, yeah. you That just seems (laughs) so bizarre. It's very interesting. Yeah. And I I think like I mean there's probably people who've done this. They just, you know, they're like you handle it. But I like to say. <laughs> but yeah, I did. I think I did like 10, maybe somewhere between like 8 and 10 movie stills like yeah. Princess Mononoke, Howl's, uh Kiki's. Yeah, I'll all vectorized. So that was like a a step into a territory that I was like a little shaky at first, but I'm glad I took on the challenge because it's very cool to see the exhibit and to know that Miyazaki-san like approved my work. (laughs) Like that's kind of neat. Yeah, that's Um, so sick. Yeah. (laughs) And yeah, you, you know, you go back in time until, you know, 13 year old me like, hey, like you're going to (laughs) draw this for money one day. Like I would have never guessed. So a very cool dream project to work on.
4: Yeah, Yeah, they were blown up super huge, right?
0: Dude, they were, yeah, they were like five feet, six feet. And yeah, yeah, they were just huge. I'll I'll send you some photos of me staying next to it for scale.
4: (laughs) (laughs) That's cool. Hell yeah.
0: (laughs) Yeah.
4: Just the idea of doing that, like I I do not like working in Illustrator at all. So just (laughs) having to work on vectors, you know, that for that long would fucking drive me up a wall.
0: And I did it on the iPad, believe it or not. Oh, shit, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. At least like the figures, but the backgrounds that were a bit more painterly were actually imposed and I was like large-scale painting in Photoshop. So it was like a bit vector, a bit uh large-scale painting but mostly vector for them yeah
4: damn that that's gotta be a big-ass file then if you're doing those background paintings
0: (laughs) oh yeah i never heard of a well i think it's psb (laughs) it's just like photoshop (laughs) yeah it's like four
2: (laughs) gigs yeah
0: (laughs) i was like oh god yeah (laughs) and then i wonder why i keep getting alerts that i'm like you're running out of space oh (laughs) jesus
4: yeah
0: (laughs) crazy big
4: (laughs) All right, well, that seems like a good time to uh, get into some questions that we got from listeners. Uh, Cam, do your spiel. So as always, if
3: you want to participate with the show, uh, you can follow us on social media at Gutter Boys Pod or at Cam Del Rosario or at Mort Crimp Jr. Uh, we usually put up little Instagram questionnaire things for our guests. And uh, honestly, I fucked up and I put yours up late, Andrea, but we still got a lot of good questions in for you. So um,
0: hell yeah.
3: First question came from Instagram user at Franz 9 Thoughts on the new A24 movie trailer? Uh, They're talking about the movie Funny Pages, which is a uh, softy produced uh, movie about a cartoonist. In case the listener isn't aware of what's going on. But uh, Andrea, I know I sent you the trailer. JB, did you get a chance to check this out?
4: Yeah, actually, uh, my friend's wife sent it to me (laughs) The other day, because she knows, you <laughs> know, she knows that I do comics and whatnot. So she was like, yeah, you, should, you would probably be interested in this. But this was something that we talked about before, right? Like before the trailer dropped. Uh,
3: I think we talked about Adrian Tamina's miniseries coming out. He's got a mini oh, series. So this is a
4: separate thing. This is not related this is at all. Completely to the, separate. He's got like a oh, mini geez, series. Okay. based off
3: that auto bio comic he did a couple
4: years ago. Gotcha. Okay. Mm-hmm. I've never read Andrew Tomine's stuff. So I was like, yeah, I don't know. Is this, is this what this is? I don't know. It's,
3: <laughs> it, there's a pretty funny strip in that book where uh, he's like talking about how Frank Miller was one of his heroes, but then he just like goes to his first comic con. And, like, Frank Miller, like, just doesn't even read his name in the list of nominations because he can't pronounce it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, I'm hoping the show showcases stuff like that. That would be pretty funny, I think. Yeah. But, yeah. No, yeah. That's Anyways, funny. that's that's off topic. We'll let Andrea go first. What What'd you think of the trailer?
0: Oh, no. I was going to have you guys to go first. Okay, that's fine. Um, yeah. Yeah. No, go. Go, yeah. go, go. go. Um, I thought
3: it looks, <laughs> you know, it looks fine. It looks like a coming-of-age movie. I think Johnny Ryan's doing the artwork. Uh, it looks like him. I think. Somebody told me it was him too. So, um, you know, I'll watch it. I made a little joke on Twitter that they're making a movie about Nate Garcia's life, but
4: uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, you know, it, it was no, a, uh,
3: Nate's story would be way more interesting than this. <laughs> yeah. I, I think it, you know there was a part where he's like, "Wait, you work for Image Comics?" Like, I,
2: yeah. oh my uh, god,
3: <laughs> you know, like,
2: I it was, uh, he
4: just looks like a ghoul too. <laughs> yeah,
2: yeah.
3: <laughs> I mean, like, Good. I'm gonna watch this. It's about our our quote unquote business, you know. Right. Like it's, it's must see. <laughs>
0: Yeah, we'll watch. We'll definitely watch. Mm-hmm. Um, one thing I noticed, where are all the ladies yes, at? Like, yes, for just, sure. Just his mom and like the agent or who The are they guidance counselor like,
3: that he draws ugly.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I was like, fuck yeah, dude. Like, love this industry. Love this representation.
4: <laughs> <laughs> at least it's honest. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, that's
0: why I'm like, oh, oh is it going to be very self aware? Right. Um, but. We will, we shall see. (laughs) Yeah.
4: Yeah. I feel like it would be, um, insincere, disingenuous if, if they did include like, you know, a ton of like representation in something about comics that early on, I feel like, I don't know.
0: Is it, is it? Uh, a period thing is it set it at a looks time? to
4: be like a period thing am i wrong about that cam it, it
3: does but it's so weird because like i'm so old that i'm just like oh it looks like the early 2000s <laughs> i'm like oh that wasn't too long ago um so
4: fair <laughs> you know it,
3: he says oh you worked at image so this is obviously after the 90s explosion
2: mm. also
3: like he gets a uh i God, i can't believe i'm about to like dissect this like this but there's a scene <laughs> uh where he gets <laughs> back so studying stuff, this fucking that trailer that. Yeah. Well he, he gets, <laughs> this is like
4: your MCU. <laughs> <laughs>
2: <Yeah>. <laughs> well he gets the
3: Neat Stuff box set, and I think that came out in like twenty twelve. So um Oh
4: okay, okay. So it's not really a period
3: film. Yeah, filming. never Yeah, mind. yeah. Um but like- I mean Neat Stuff was also like a nineties comic, so maybe it's just lazy, you know, uh set yeah, you know, what do they call that? The set design or whatever, or well, the props or whatever. But um yeah, no, I mean like I know that book didn't come out till like that box set didn't come out till like, you know, the early twenty tens. So if anything, it's just ten years ago but uh it, okay it could be an oversight mm-hmm. i don't know
0: i'm waiting for your youtube video to drop on like the stills of the whole trailer <laughs> oh, yeah. just oh like, no no
3: uh this- a <laughs> little, little bit a little bit of shameless plugging we will,
4: we will dissect this movie on our patreon feed <laughs> oh, oh yeah that's true yeah. yeah yeah we really need to get back on top of the youtube channel
0: yeah. Oh, Damn. there is a YouTube. Oh, I didn't know. But, well, yes, no, it's, it's, it's Josh
3: Pettinger made us a really nice like looping animation. We just never uploaded the episodes to go on with it. So um yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah there's
4: like six maybe.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Man, you could do a like a live stream watch of the movie yeah, with all along, your yeah. patrons. Or, yeah, yeah, that thing. That sounds horrible. You wouldn't really be watching it, you'd just be discussing over right.
2: it. Uh, yeah.
0: <laughs> just talking over a
4: movie for an hour and a half. God. It's called director's
3: commentary. Okay. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Sounds like my past relationships. Oh. So- oh.
3: Hey. All right. uh, <laughs> any final thoughts on that trailer, JB, before you get to
4: the next question? Uh, not really, no. Okay. I thought it was fine. I don't know. I, I had really no feelings about it, to be honest. <laughs> it, it, Garden state with comics. <laughs> yeah, I was I yeah, I, I don't care about coming of age, fucking whatever stories anymore. I'm just yeah. So I'm of age. Yeah, you know? I'm right, yeah. <laughs> of age. Coming of age. I already fucking, I get it. I get it. Can we do more Benjamin Button to unage? Like, that's what we need more. Yeah, work. yeah. There
0: you go. Yeah.
4: <laughs> All right. Next question is from past guest friend of the show, Alex Null. Alex asks, What is it like teaching at the school you attended as a student?
2: Mm.
0: Great you guy, Alex Null, bitch. Thank
4: you for the wow, I don't know
0: why he added <laughs> on that. Weird, weird. yeah. <laughs> Take that yeah. back. <laughs> <laughs> wow, yeah. I guess you know maybe I'd have a better answer if it wasn't pandemic because it was pretty lonely. Like yeah. it just nobody. Like not, I was teaching, I didn't really see a lot of teachers that I had, or you know anything like that. The school also kind of rehabbed one of the floors that had a lot of my classes, so. Uh, To be honest, like the being in the building part of it or like teaching feels very normal. But I think the other thing is that the pulling behind the curtain, the sort of the behind the scenes emails every day, (laughs) academia world that I'm like, huh, I have more uh, empathy for my teachers. (laughs) 10 years ago, I didn't realize they were dealing with all this every day. (laughs) Just like nonstop, like, oh, did you do this, this, this?
4: Fucking assholes. <laughs>
3: <laughs> all righty. Uh, next question came from uh, Instagram user Nate Garcia's cartoons nope, came in speak with of the uh, devil. You you <laughs> all know <laughs> what he's going to ask. Uh, what did you have for breakfast? Be honest. Son, Don't lie. Do not lie. Don't lie. Yeah. He hates
4: it when you lie. About it. Apparently. <laughs> it's one of oh, Nate's gosh. least favorite things is when people lie.
0: I think I see him outside watching me. <laughs> oh, he's watching all the time.
4: <laughs> His beady um, little eyes.
0: I do actually hear this question all the time. Interesting. I, okay, so boring answer usually don't eat breakfast, but last night I drank. So this morning I was feeling hungry. So I did <laughs> eat breakfast today. I had it's very it's a very andy answer. I had a slice of bread from a local bakery that I put almond butter on and then decorated with some fresh cut strawberries. Okay,
4: okay. That's very cute.
0: Coffee. It was pretty cute. It's fucking adorable. Helped my little cute hangover. So <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> <laughs> it was very nice. <laughs> but yeah.
4: All right. Uh, next question is from uh, oh another Columbia College alumni, Instagram user Mike's underscore not sane. He asked, how has your teaching experience been so far and have the kids inspired your work? We touched a little bit on this earlier. Do you have anything else to add to that?
0: I'd say, yeah. So hitting pause, I guess what we touched on earlier, yes because I have a deep respect for people who teach more than one class a semester and I'm realizing that I just need to hit pause for a moment and have the students inspired me I'd say probably yes and no probably yes in the part of if you put yourself in a room with other creators I think just by sheer proximity you're going to feel like you want to go home and work on your thing or like get riled up to go you know create comics. But I don't think I've not inspired in the sense of like have I necessarily like <laughs> not in the sense of when I was a student where I was looking at other people's work and kinda trying to mimic them or anything. I I think there's a, a nice distinction there that like the energy is inspiring to be around.
3: Yeah, for sure. Hell yeah. Good answer. Yeah, fuck those kids. Anyway. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> next question.
4: All righty, next question. Uh, Next
3: question came from Instagram user B.A. Chamnus. How did you get started with first, second? Any publisher interest for your own stories?
0: Oh, yeah. So I guess I kind of touched on that, too. Yeah. It was the business yeah. card story. Have business cards. Yeah, I've been working on... That's, that's definitely like something I'm trying to get into uh, is writing and illustrating my own work. So I have a few pitches that I've been slowly crafting in between all the things to send out to different people and i'm fortunate to have two agents who help me with that do you have two agents i i it's, it's it's funny yeah i don't know i don't know how it happened exactly it, it sounds like you're getting lifted
4: like, <laughs> you i two mean agents.
0: <laughs> i i mean i'll say like all the percentages are the same they split it they I just oh have true okay so they people. work yeah. that.
2: Okay. Oh, okay Yeah. yeah
0: yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. I was about to oh, say, wow. like,
4: damn.
2: That
0: is, a, that is a very good distinction to make. <laughs> yeah.
4: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was like, man, Andrea's getting getting soaked here. Um, Andy, Jeez. do you know
0: you just need one? <laughs> <laughs> Mansplaining agents to me? No. Hey, <laughs> yeah, that's what he's doing.
4: That is what you I'm doing. No. To clarify, clarify, that is what I'm doing.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Episode title: <laughs> JB Man's Fine.
4: <laughs> again.
2: Uh, again, again,
0: again. <laughs> uh, so listen, uh,
4: little girl, this is how agents <laughs> work, okay? You get one
2: person entourage,
4: okay? <laughs> yeah,
0: <right. laughs> I should just call them an aunt I have. Well, I'll ask them if they like that. But it does feel like a nice little group. I don't know, like not just like one, you know, back and forth. They're very responsive, and very nice, and. I don't know how involved some people are with their agents with like showing them the pitch work, but I really value their eyes and ears on the industry. So I'll give them something and they're very, uh, very articulate with the feedback and like, I don't know, whatever they give me for feedback. I'm like, okay, yeah, got it. Um, So I, it's my, it's my goal. It's like definitely a a short term, long term goal to write and illustrate a work. um, So Yeah, I would love to send stuff out to other publishers or for a second, whoever. Hmm?
4: (laughs) Which is funny because like that's what when I think of you and your work, I think of your self-published work. All the the other stuff is like still fairly recent in, in my like understanding of time and space. (laughs) <laughs> so like the idea of you like, oh yeah, I'm gonna finally work on my own stuff so like what like what are you talking about I thought that's what you did, but that makes sense uh is there any like particular stories you already have kind of queued up like scripts, thumbnails, whatever
0: for the my own work yeah stuff, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, I mean i it's sad to say in Again, this is a thing I'm working on. I have a lot of discarded drafts that I, you know, may, may have gotten like pretty far in an outline. And then I was like, this isn't working. I can't, I can't do this. So I'd, like, put it aside. And then I'll get really invested in a new story idea and kind of half bake it. So I have a lot of pieces of things and I think, I think this is science. If I have enough pieces, I can kind of just fit them all together that's at one true. point. If I have yeah, enough, no, yeah. to
4: take yeah. from everything. just make yeah. the most incoherent story possible. That would be awesome.
0: No. <laughs> 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 I mean, I think that's like the one that I'm developing right now that I feel very excited about and I don't want to discard it. I I think is this formula where I'm like, okay, this worked in this weird draft of this other story, but I think it'll be working over here and kind of Frankensteining together all the pieces that work. Yeah. Yeah. Plus like, you know, I've, I've always like the self publishing, like I've only been my own editor or like, you know, asked other people to edit, but no one had really like needed to critique my story structure and yeah. i think now yeah. that it might it's just a different ball game for better or worse you know sure like i'm definitely keeping in mind the just what people seem to be interested in but also trying to find the balance of what i want to create and write for people and young readers so it uh it yeah it's a balancing act and i i don't think i've perfected it yet but i'm eager to figure out how to do it
4: So it's uh, like in terms of like this general idea of the story that you want, you do have a particular readership already in mind.
0: Yeah, I do because I, the the agents I work with mostly work in a middle grade space Mm, and Mm. going back to the conversation, like that's 10, like people will look at my comics and say it works well for that space Mm -hmm. and Mm that's their opinion and i you know Mm if that's gonna help like propel the story and like maybe you know get it off the ground and i'm not saying like all stories need to be sold or anything like that or like i couldn't take a story that didn't work out and make it into like an adult comic i don't know yeah it's just you know i uh this is what i do for a living so i am trying to feed the machine to a certain extent for better or worse right yeah I guess, I,
4: I mean, uh, and maybe this is something that we could touch on more in depth if we ever have you back on for like a Patreon thing, but mm. I would like to talk about that, that specific topic that we kind of grazed over.
0: <laughs> yeah. I would, I would love to go more in depth on it.
4: You know, it, yeah. This idea of making something that is your sort of your vision, right? Like what makes your voice yours, but then also mm. having to make it fit within these parameters. Uh, depending on whatever specific niche that you work in, comics.
0: Yeah, and I, th- I, it, I would, yeah, I want to go more in depth on it. And I think just as like a a blanket statement, I feel like sometimes it's not often. Talk- I don't, I don't really get into this conversation often with like comics peers, and I wonder if it is because I'm seeing them mostly in like an indie. Like convention, you get blasted with them. That's why, (laughs) yeah. I'm like, not thinking about comics, it's the
4: last thing, probably.
0: Yeah, truly. I'm like, just trying (laughs) to get to know the human on a genuine level drunkenly (laughs) fantasizing
4: about the cute little piece of toast that you're going to have with strawberries in the morning because you're so hungover.
0: (laughs) Accurate, 100% accurate. Oh man, I miss shows. (laughs) Yeah, but no, I yeah, I just think yeah, I think that'd be an interesting bigger conversation for sure.
4: Yeah, of course, it's like typical fucking gutter boys where they like stumble accidentally on something. They'd be like, "Oh, this is actually like a really good topic to like." Yeah, there's get. there's actually <laughs> a <laughs> question. The next question that
3: you're about to tee up actually kind of segues into something I completely forgot to ask about. Um,
4: <laughs> oh yeah, okay, all yeah. right, uh, all right. Uh, f- friend of the show, fellow Chicagoan cartoonist, simple dolt. Raziel Puma. what up? Shout out to Raziel. Good <laughs> dude. Uh, he asked, Andrea's dream dog. And
3: what I know is Bork. You know, we didn't even talk about Bork, which is your awesome dog character that you draw. Yeah.
0: Bork. Bless, bless Bork. Yeah. yeah. I thank you for saying that. And it's funny. <laughs> like, I mean, like. It's, it's,
4: Bork's it's never so- felt seen
3: before until Cam. <laughs> no, Bork, know, on this. Bork is, Bork is Bork is very popular, it
4: seems. No. Yeah, he is.
0: People ask me about Borg the most often. I find it so interesting because for me it was just like a drawing challenge. I did right. I'm like I'm just going to draw this dog yeah. doing things for a month, and then I kind of, I mean, again, could feed into this whole bigger conversation we want to have. I did develop like a Borg script and pitch and sent it out. It didn't. It didn't get picked up. Honest answer, monsters,
4: fucking That's monsters.
0: monsters. <laughs> yeah, but I like. I, I honestly will put it all back on me because Bork was never meant to be a, like a young readers. It, I think it was for ages like five and seven, we were sending it out. And like, I get that with the way he looks. But in my mind, he's not for young readers. Like, I don't think young readers are going to appreciate just the like quiet nature of Bork right. like, putting stamps on an envelope. Yeah. Like, and, and, and I think, you know, it's a good learning experience for me, like honing in my writing skills and honing in what I want to be making. So Borg is not dead. <laughs> he's just, you know, in a cabin in a woods somewhere. Yeah, I, I, uh, I have ideas for Borg. I'm just not sure like where to bring those. And, you know, maybe it's maybe it is a self-publishing thing. I'm just not sure exactly yeah. like what to do with him. But I do love him. Um, but he's not my he's not my dream dog. I OK, confession. It's not a big confession. I love the little crusty white dogs. I want one with so bad. <laughs> yes, with the eyes.
3: <laughs> oh, damn. <laughs> what are those, Lhasa or something?
0: I don't, I don't know that
3: one. Shih Tzu's, yeah, yeah, yeah. Shih Tzu's, Lhasa Apsa.
0: Yeah. We had a Maltese growing up, so I think that's like the mm. flavor that I'm thinking of. Okay. And I know they're really loud and annoying, but sometimes, like I just identify with them. Like I'm walking down the street and they start like barking at me I'm like, yeah i would too <laughs> like, <laughs> like just like just like small and mighty like you they have no reason to be angry but like it's justified because they're they're small and they get scared
4: and they've been and I bred into the ground to look like the way they do i'd be mad too
0: what i mean i guess all purebreds definitely for sure right
2: yeah yeah
3: yeah yeah, 100%, yeah yeah
0: Yeah.
3: Uh, It's unfortunate. I got
0: got black-pilled on little white dogs on the (laughs) Better Boys podcast. (laughs) Uh, I do do like (laughs) this idea uh, about (laughs) uh,
4: Bork returning- but like his story being that he is in a cabin in the woods, sort of like a sort of like a Ted Kaczynski type of situation. I like this.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's based <laughs> off my. <laughs> he's not based off Ted Kaczynski, <laughs> but he, <laughs> he is he was,
4: based on the Unabomber. Actually, not did many you people. know? <laughs>
0: Uh, but he is based on my grandpa who lived in a cabin in the woods. So like, I just need to, I just gotta, you know, sit on, sit on that story. What do I want to tell with Bork? <laughs> and you know, if that's, that's a self-published thing. Then great. I just, uh, got to marinate in it a little bit longer. I think.
4: Yeah. Well, either way, that shit's going to sell. <laughs> Let's be honest. That's yeah. Fucking <laughs> if
3: you crowd, I think if you do self-published crowdfund it and you'll be pleasantly surprised.
0: Okay. I'm gonna, uh. See, and that that was my, that was a plan too, and I it was just this thing where I felt completely inundated with other work that I felt like I couldn't make time uh, for personal stuff. But twenty twenty two resolution, halfway into the year, there you go, <laughs> more yeah. time for personal.
4: <laughs> and that's a fucking damn perfect segue into the last question, Cam. Take <laughs> it away. Yeah, they she just so handed so. that shit off to you. Yeah,
3: I mean it's <laughs> happened multiple times. Like uh, no. Yeah, for for being nervous to be on a podcast, you sure did make it really easy for us. Um, so
0: no. I'm a people pleaser. I there told you go. You. Yeah. <laughs> uh,
2: yeah.
3: All right. So, last question came from Clusterfucks Comics. Where do you hope to see yourself five years from now? Um,
4: Not In doing the cabin, this show. Making bombs. No, yeah.
0: yeah. yeah. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, I'm not making bombs, uh, but probably, uh, oh, man. Imagine me a little cabin in the woods making my little almond butter toast every morning. That <laughs> would going be,
4: on, be Going great. on
0: a little walk with my little crusty dog.
4: Writing uh, your manifesto and then signing it with a little, <laughs> with a little heart emoji.
0: Just like <laughs> a little doodle-a-bork. <laughs> <with heart. laughs> mm, yeah, I mean, truth. that's not like half a lie. Like I would love to just kind of go off somewhere and – focus on things like creating yeah. work and not not so many distractions i do love the city because of you know being around the
4: distractions
0: <laughs> being around the distractions when you need distractions yeah yes. 100%.
4: yeah
0: but also like you know just you know the community and your towns like it's very like even if i i don't know I, I really do try to go out to a lot of the art like fairs or shows that i see especially when i don't know anyone on the lineup i'm like I just want to talk to people about their work. So yeah, I would see myself living in the woods, venturing out to the city for distractions. Would love to have, yeah, like I was saying, a book that I've written and illustrated in the works. Getting close to finish. I think that's really like my big, what's a what's a monster that I can like handle? Do you guys, any like mythological monsters?
4: JV knows all the monsters i do Mm. i do i know all of them uh let's see what's
0: one that you think i could handle
4: (laughs) uh reagan
0: what's it look like
4: uh senile used to be an actor
0: (laughs) oh (laughs) Uh, pretty
2: racist
0: uh I definitely didn't hear it. And now it's funny. (laughs) (laughs) Amazing. Well, I'll take that. Yeah. I, uh, you know, my next step is just to channel my energy, defeat my inner Reagan and (laughs) publish this uh, book. Maybe you shouldn't say inner Reagan. Wait,
4: yeah, just- my inner Reagan, yeah.
0: <laughs> There's no part of me that is Reagan. Just
4: okay, uh, I don't know, on. Draculas. How about that? Let's do that. Great.
0: Right. Yep. Yeah, conquer, <laughs> get the Draculas out of here. And then I want to just make this book that I have an idea for. There yep. you go. <laughs> Simple life.
4: All right. Well, uh, I think that about does it. Hey, uh, Andy, where can people find you uh, on the on the internet?
3: And what book are you currently
4: pushing that people should buy? Yeah. Basically plug whatever the hell you can plug. Just shill Uh, away. Shill away, please. mm
0: -hmm. Sure. Okay. I'm online.
4: Very online. Yes. (laughs) Uh,
0: My website is andreabelldraws.com. And my Instagram is andyharvest. And my Twitter is andyharvest. Yeah. I post some feely auto bio comics on those things and other goofy uh, works. And then my book that I would love for you to go out and get is my baby that I've mentioned the leak. The writer was Kate Reed Petty. I'm very proud of that. It's my first graphic novel. And yeah, I would love more people to see it if they haven't yet.
3: Awesome. Well, uh, thank you so much for coming on. It was a, a pleasure talking to you.
0: Thank you both. This just makes me miss like SBX times and hanging out and eating good food with yeah, you. Yeah. Are you
3: doing any shows coming up? Or are you chilling? We're, I'm chilling the rest of the year. Mm. I might pop into CXC, but is there anywhere anybody can meet you or pick up a book from you?
0: Yeah. I will be at C2E2 in a couple weeks um, the, when this comes out. Yeah. I'll, it's like the first weekend in August. So come out if you're in the area. Thank think you moving
4: that show around
0: yeah I yeah like when is the last time it's ever gonna be Chicago summer and there's a comic con so I'm like has people have to come out right? Uh,
4: yeah I mean, yeah, yeah. I mean uh, they're probably tired of all the fucking street festivals, so
0: seriously yeah. change it up yeah, but after that, I'm kind of thinking about laying low, maybe working on things oh, hey <laughs> oh,
2: <okay.
0: laughs>
4: yeah uh, yeah, picking up what you're putting down all right. Andrea, thank you so much. Thank well, you. Hopefully, both. we will uh, cross paths at some point. Absolutely. Yeah, hopefully in the next year. or So I'm sure we'll
2: <laughs> I, yeah. 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 I think
3: that's beautiful. Yeah. Where do you see yourself in five years? Crossing paths. <laughs> yeah.
4: <laughs> <laughs> Interacting <High> with <laughs> other people. <laughs> yeah.
0: High fiving Cam and JB. Ciao. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah,
4: yeah, yeah. All right. Uh, I, I well, why are you still listening? Stay gutter.